Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by TechSite Builder. TechSite Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with TechSite Builder. Learn more at TechSiteBuilder.com. Today on the show, we have Joy Hawkins on to teach us about how to make the most of your Google My Business listing. What are the key factors to get your business ranking well in Google Maps? What aspects of your business listing are important? And how can you get in touch with Google to remove a bogus review? Plus, we'll talk about what proximity marketing is. And we have a big announcement about the event in Chicago this year. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the TechSite Builder Facebook page, click the uh, following tab, and then select See First. So that anytime we go live, it'll jump to the top of your newsfeed. Also, something we just implemented was uh, we're going to be releasing a Facebook event uh, for the show. So if you want to grab it and put it on your calendar or just have a reminder for it, you could uh, you know say that you're going to the event, and then that way it'll remind you um, you know when it's it's about to go live. Um, th- that is courtesy of Dave Greenbaum, who made that suggestion, <laughs> and, and I think it was a good one. Um, because he, he thought that would be helpful for other folks as well uh, to get a notification of when the show is going to go live because sometimes we're busy and we just don't think about it and we forget. Um, I'm also going to be toying around with maybe going live to YouTube and some other different places. Um, but since most people are just kind of sitting, hanging out on Facebook in the evening, I thought uh, Facebook would be a good place to do the show. And so far, so good. So uh, today I'm excited to have as a guest Joy Hawkins, uh, she is the owner of Sterling Sky, which is a local SEO firm, and she's going to be talking to us about Google My Business uh, and uh, just all the ins and outs of of listing your business on Google, um, pros and cons, how you should change your listing depending on if you have a storefront or if you work from home, um, and what are the things to look out for. So welcome, Joy. Thanks for being on today. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So um, sit tight. Uh, we will do. Uh, we'll get uh, to the interview here real quick because I definitely want to jump into that as soon as possible. But as always, we have some you know housekeeping and some announcements and and all of that good stuff. So uh, let's jump into that. So the first announcement is, and it's it's kind of a big one. So uh, we've been up to this point, we've been uh, promoting the unconvention um, for the last couple of years. It's been a, an event for IT business owners, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so this year, um, the event is still happening, but we we lost one of our key sponsors. So we're not going to be able to call it the unconvention. So we have to change the name. So it's the same event. It's actually the same place, same time, same venue. So it's August 24th through 26th in Chicago. The name of the new event is, drumroll please, <laughs> it's called, um, it, we're calling it IT Owner's Compass. So kind of the, the thought process behind this new name is that 
This event is going to be the compass that helps guide your computer business uh, to grow. Um, so that's kind of what we're where we're going. Uh, you can check it out. The website is live at itocompass.com. Uh, and it's it's going to be the event that's going to help navigate your IT business to to success. Um, we already announced this, and it's still the case. Our keynote speaker is Michael Michaelwitz. He is the author of The Pumpkin Plan and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur and Profit First, um, a lot of great books. He is a former IT business owner who um, found success with his business and now um, you know writes books on entrepreneurship. And a lot of us computer business owners are big fans of The Pumpkin Plan. It really is. It's a great book. talks about how to focus on the clients that matter, that will have the biggest impact on your business, and not to focus on the, the clients that are just going to bring you down and are just going to cause you to, to compete on price and, and all of that stuff. So he's, gonna, he's a dynamic speaker. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's going to be there as a keynote speaker, and he's going to be hanging out with us. A couple other cool things we have planned for the event are... Um, we have a boat ride, so this is going to be kind of like a social team building almost kind of thing where we all get together and we, we get on one of those big tour boats that Chicago's famous for that goes up and down the river and into the lake. Uh, and it's kind of the, you can see all the architecture and they give you a tour. We can have drinks on the boat. Uh, Michael Michalowicz will be there. Um, and he'll be, you know, signing books, doing a book signing. So we thought that would be kind of a cool thing to do a Saturday right after um, the event. But the event itself is going to be great. I mean, we're going to have, you know, the usual uh, lineup of great speakers, expert speakers uh, that'll help you in different aspects of your business. We're also going to have the collaborative group sessions like work groups and labs where you can get your hands dirty with different, uh, different types of technology. Um, and we break out into smaller groups and do that stuff. Uh, we'll also have, um, we're working on sponsors right now since we, since we just got the name changed, we got to kind of rework some stuff with the sponsors, but we got a lot of great sponsors that have, have said they want to be on board. And as soon as, you know, we, we get them to sign the dotted line, uh, we'll be able to announce them, but we, we are going to have a, a lot of good sponsors that are going to be there, uh, that are going to be able to help demo their products. They're going to answer questions. They're going to be part of, part of the festivities. Um, and they're going to be kind of walking amongst everybody. So it's a great time to, uh, mingle with your favorite sponsors and vendors. And if you have anyone that you want to suggest that we reach out to, uh, to become a sponsor of the ITO Compass uh, event, let us know. We would, uh, we're kind of, you know, looking for anyone who, any vendors who want to have an opportunity to really kind of get with the, the people that their, you know, their products are made for. And that's you guys, the computer business owners. So, um, so the final thing is the tickets are on sale now. So you can now go to itocompass.com and click the early bird button there and you can get your tickets. So, uh, we, you know, want you guys to start getting your tickets now. Um, the, the venue that this is being located at is, is, um, it's actually a hotel and a co-working space all together. Um, and it's, uh, the WeWork. Um, so we're having the event in a WeWork co-working space and we have the entire space, uh, open for the, uh, the entire event, um, uh, for the whole weekend. And it's multiple level, multiple floors, lots of open spaces and lots of offices we can go into and have breakout meetings if we want. Um, so that's, uh, the WeWork Kinsey, uh, is the, the event location. And then in the same building is the Kinsey hotel. And we've partnered with them to get some super big discounts on rooms so uh, it's great. You, you stay in your room, you walk down the hall, and there you are at the event space. 
Um, but yet we still have a very cool kind of hip um, space to have the event in um, so that we can be comfortable and, uh, and we can have a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about that. So grab your tickets now. We actually have some, um, we have some, uh, some incentives for people who buy early. So the first 25 people who buy their ticket to the IT Owner's Compass uh, will get not only the discount for early birds, but you'll also get VIP seating in the main room of the event. So for things like the keynote and some of the other speakers, um, you'll get prime real estate for the seating. Uh, and you'll also be entered into uh, a raffle that we're going to have. So we're going to have different opportunities for you to get a, a raffle ticket. Uh, and one of those opportunities is to buy your ticket early. Um, and then we're going to have some cool like prizes at the end of the, uh, the event um, as part of the raffle. So kind of, you know, some incentives to get you to, uh, to jump in there and get your tickets early. Uh, we love to see you there. Um, lots of stuff, lots of so much stuff that I want to talk about, but you know, I, I can only say so much. This is not the, uh, the it owners compass, uh, um, podcast. <laughs> so, um, but I, you know, it's, it's brought to you by tech site builder and it's, you know, it's going to be awesome. So definitely check that out at itocompass.com. And I hope to see you guys in Chicago, August 24th through 26th. All right. So uh, that's, gonna, that's our sponsor, right? So we're going to skip the, uh, the normal sponsor spot. Um, and then I'm just going to remind you guys that uh, if you want to sign up for the newsletter, the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and just sign up. There's a box there at the top. Sign up for the newsletter. And then every week you'll get a, uh, a nice... Newsletter with um, the latest podcast episode, uh, any latest videos that I've recorded, and also um, the latest news around marketing. So from different, you know, trusted sources um, about SEO or um, you know network marketing or online marketing or email marketing or networking in person, anything that can help your computer business marketing, we curate those articles for you. Uh, and, um, and then also we highlight some posts, recent posts from the Facebook group. So lots of cool stuff in the newsletter. If you want to sign up for that, just head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. All right. Uh, without further ado, let me, uh, reintroduce my guest here. This is Joy Hawkins. She owns Sterling Sky, which is a local SEO firm, uh, and she specializes in, uh, all things Google. And today I brought her on to kind of school us on Google My Business and kind of give us ins and outs, give us a good introduction to what it is, and then kind of talk about you know how we can leverage it uh, in the best way for our uh, computer businesses. So Joy, before we kind of jump into the, the topic at hand, why don't you kind of just give us a quick background on you and uh, what led you to where you are today? Sure. So I've been working in the local SEO industry since 2006. Uh, I used to work for two other marketing agencies before I started my own company. Um, I'm a part of a top contributor group at Google, which is essentially a group of volunteers that moderate the Google My Business Forum. Um, So essentially, Google has these help forums for each of their products. And instead of, I guess, paying their own employees to go and um, moderate the forum, they have volunteers and groups of people that do it for them. Um, it's a lot of work, but I spend a lot of hours basically helping um, different business owners on the forum constantly with Google My Business. And kind of the perks to that are um, I have a direct channel with Google that we can um, use for anything related to Google My Business, as well as like we have regular hangouts and um, they usually fly us to their office once a year, which is kind of cool. 
that's that's a cool perk. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so what, what kind of um, what kind of work do you do in Sterling Sky? It is kind of a mixture. We have a, a small number of um, clients that we do like AdWords and local SEO for um, that are small business owners. So it ranges from anything to do with like I've got some that are attorneys, insurance agents, um, anything with home services. Um, but we try to keep like the number of businesses that we work with small. Um, I found from working with larger agencies, the the more clients that you have, the kind of harder it gets to, you know, still know everyone's business type and, and give them kind of quality service. So um, my goal is kind of to try to keep it smaller than, you know, like this crazy um, huge agency. Um, and a lot of my clients, I'd say at least half of them are other agencies that usually hire me to do training. Um, they send me like their worst case scenarios, things that they can't figure out. We do a lot of auditing and consultations and stuff. Oh, that's um, and, good. Yeah, and then I have a, a local SEO training guide um, called the um, Expert Guide to Local SEO, um, which is sold online through an organization called Local U. And it's like a 230, I think now, page manual all about local SEO, Google My Business. Definitely not for someone that has never done SEO before. <laughs> it's assuming that people have a basic knowledge of SEO and kind of want to know what else. And um, they want specific stuff to do with local SEO and strategies that they probably wouldn't know. Cool. Um, so it sounds like you're able to kind of see a lot of different scenarios of what's working and what's not working and where the pain points are and, um, and working through all that stuff. Yeah, we like to do tests a lot. So we're constantly like testing different things and saying like, okay, does this impact ranking or does that impact ranking and ruling things out rather than just, you know, believing everything that you read online. Um, you can <laughs> um, unfortunately waste a lot of time if you just believe stuff that's out there, especially if it was written, you know, like three or four years ago. And, and especially with especially with anything online, it moves so quickly that, like you said, things that were, you know, true a couple years ago, um, could not be true now, and things change so rapidly. Um, you just got to test, and even you yeah. know, even something now that works for one business might not work for your business because it's mm-hmm. you know it just depends on your clients and all of that stuff. Definitely. Okay, so uh, let's get into Google My Business. So you know, we we haven't really had uh, an opportunity to talk about this topic yet on the show. So maybe we just kind of start basic and and give folks an introduction. And I know folks listening might, you know, be wanting the advanced stuff and, and we'll get to that as well. But just to kind of start out, what, you know, in your own words, what is Google My Business and, and why should business owners care? It's basically just a platform for business owners to manage listings for their business that appear on Google Maps. So it's, you know, listings on Google Maps, which also show up um, in the search results for any local search. So, you know, computer repair in Chicago, you get what we call a three pack, which is usually a map with three listings beside it. Um, those listings are pulled in from business listings on Google Maps. Technically, you don't have to use Google My Business to be on Google. Um, you know, customers submit listings all the time for businesses that don't exist already. Um, Google My Business just essentially allows the business owner to claim the listing and then have the ability to directly edit it. Um, they don't uh, have the sole rights to edit the listing, so a lot of people are unaware of this, but uh, any user that's on Google can submit an edit to a listing. Um, we see a lot of malicious attempts um, for things in, in certain industries or actually quite a few industries. Um, but it's also a good thing in the sense that there's a lot of like restaurants and like small shops or like farms even that would never exist on Google if users didn't add them. 
Right. So that's that's kind of cool. It's like almost a crowdsourced kind of mm-hmm. listing thing. Yeah. Um, great. So um, so it's it's a kind of a way that you can control to a certain extent how your business is 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 displayed and portrayed in the Google in the Google Map results. Now, does this in any way affect your regular Google listings in the search results? So, um, I mean, it, if you're talking about like organic listings, like everything that's not in the map section, um, usually the ranking factors that impact how you rank organically on Google also impact how you rank locally. So I always kind of imagine there's, there's two separate algorithms, but um, to rank well in the three pack, a lot of the same factors that you need to rank like, like links and, you know, well optimized site and like a, you know, a fast site and things like that. All those things also factor in um, to ranking in the three pack. There's just a bunch of other things in addition to that, that also matter. So, so let's talk about those because um, mm-hmm. I have, uh, you know, like you, folks on tech site builder who, you know, they, they're showing up number one in Google in the organic listings, but then in the map pack, you know, they're, they're number three or they're not even on the list. And sometimes they have like more reviews, you know, more positive reviews than everybody else. So what, what are some other ranking factors that go into that, that map pack um, listing? Yeah. So biggest thing to keep in mind is proximity to the searcher. So kind of explain what I mean. If you're in a city the size of Chicago and you type in computer repair Chicago, you're going to see something completely different depending on what zip code you're in. So if you're on you know, in one zip code, you'll probably get three listings that are fairly close to you, maybe in that zip code or, or right outside of it. Um, you do not see the same thing as someone across the city. So a lot of times when people don't see themselves, it's frankly because they're not searching close to their area or like their IP address or Google thinks they're somewhere else. Um, so it's really important to have, like if you're tracking rankings or, you know, anything like that, uh, use a tool that can track from a zip code. Um, one I use is called Bright Local, but there's another one called White Spark. They're, they're both excellent. Um, that's half the battle. A lot of times I'll talk to people and they think they're not ranking, but this is because they don't realize that there are like 20 different possible results depending on where the, the searcher is located. That makes sense because a lot of people, you know, try to manipulate the search results and try to, you know, figure out how they can get themselves to the top of the listing. But you can't really fake where you're located, no, where your business is located. Well, <laughs> well or can try, you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a whole thing. But yes. Yeah, I guess um, you could maybe squat on a on a you know some listing that hasn't been uh, taken, or I don't know. How would you? How I don't know if we want to get into that, but well, spam is a big. I don't know how yeah. big of an issue is computer repair. Um, to be honest, it's an issue with a lot of industries, but it's usually businesses will just create multiple listings using like their friends' home addresses or virtual office locations or co-working space or, you know, there's like a lot of ways to get around that. And then, you know, they create like 15 listings, uh, right. depending on how good they are at, at it. Google may or may not catch them automatically. So, so what is, what is, how does Google verify that you are where you say you are? <laughs> so they have an algorithm that catches something. So like, for example, you know, if you use a UPS store, they're, they're pretty good at catching that. Um, their algorithms, are good in a certain sense. They, they will um, kind of think something's unnatural if there's too many listings for one business and they can't find those addresses listed anywhere else. So, you know, there's like lots of things that their algorithm can catch, but it's really faulty. Um, so we actually get, we have a whole board on the Google My Business forum called Spam, <laughs> Spam and Policy. And the biggest thing that we get on that board is people reporting competitors. So that is the biggest 
thing that we see for Google taking down and removing listings is um, competitors, um, which I know I have, a, I do have a client in that space that does, I think, like data recovery um, and huge for like spam in that they have competitors that are essentially creating listings all over the US using virtual offices that exist, but like the moment we report them, Google takes them down. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a strategy that works until it doesn't, um, until someone catches you. So some, something unique about computer businesses is most of them um, do on-site work. So they will go travel to your place of business or to your home to work on your computer. So they're not necessarily tied, their service isn't necessarily tied to a location. Um, also, if um, you know you work from home or you're just a con- uh, an on-site consultant, you might do all of your work at the location of your clients. So you want, you know, when someone searches for computer repair in in a city, you want to show up because you service their city. Is there anything you can do to increase your chances of of showing up in those, you know, broader searches in a broader area? So basically, yeah, your options are like if you're a service area business, you, you're supposed to use your home address. Um, or, you know, if you have an office location, then you can use your office. But I just clarifying that would not include like a co-working space or a virtual office, because generally with virtual offices and co-working spaces, you're there like, you know, maybe two days a month or like, you know, maybe once a week, for example. And according to the guidelines, you have to be there um, during your stated hours. So if you say you're open nine to five and you're actually at the you know virtual office like one hour a week then it, it definitely wouldn't qualify. So you're supposed to use your home address, which obviously is problematic if you don't live in the city that you service. Right. So that's why spam is such a huge problem um, because people do anything to get around that. Um, if you're doing it the right way and trying to play by the guidelines, really your options are AdWords <laughs> or um, <laughs> organic because organic is not specific um, to like the searcher. So if you rank for computer repair Chicago, doesn't matter what zip code the person is in, you're going to rank organically everywhere. So that's where you really get a lot of reach um, on the organic side that you would not get in the local three pack. Right. And, and it seems, you know, there are certain search terms that, that Google assumes, you know, should have a, a map listing, but a lot of stuff, you know, like the, what they call long tail keywords, or, you know, if you're asking a question like, how do I remove a virus, that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, the, the map doesn't even play a factor in that. It's just organic search results are what show up. And, you know, that's something worth tar- maybe focusing on if you're a computer business that is a service area, you don't have an office location. Mm-hmm. Focus on those, those search terms that, um, that don't, you know, bring up a map. Is that, is that fair to say? Absolutely. We've, uh, we've had a lot of success with clients too as well, trying to get some answer boxes. So, you know, those like um, uh, when you do a search like how to get rid of a computer virus, that's most likely a search that would return an answer box. They're, they're at the top of the search results. They're boxed in and they pull an answer out from one site specifically. The click rate on those is like insane. If there's, um, if there's a box for a query, like, and you're, you know, the third one on the page, your, your mm. volume is going to be like way less. Um, and they also pull those in for voice search. So, you know, people that have like Alexa, Google home, whatever, um, that are searching, they, uh, use those to answer. Queries. Right. Um, so, so what can you do to get your <laughs> answer in a box? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you have to rank organically. So there's no way you're going to get that box if you're not on the page already. So usually right. like, you know, if you're like the top 
10, you could qualify. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think here, but there's one trick that I have found that works really well um, that seems to be kind of like a, a trigger word for getting into the box is a how-to question, like how to get rid of a computer virus. Um, make sure you have the question on your page, obviously, like include that question in your URL, put it in the title, like all that normal SEO stuff. But then the first um, bit of answering the question, use the word, here's how, and then repeat the question. Hmm. So here's how to fix a computer virus or whatever. Right. Um, that is one, like there's honestly, when it comes to answer boxes, there's so many things you have to kind of look at, but that is one that I found that's kind of like a silver bullet. Um, that makes helping. sense because that, that especially like in a voice assistant, that's like confirming that it heard you right. So it's like mm-hmm. saying the question back almost. Um, and, and so that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's a cool, cool tip. Something to try, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that alone works. probably yeah. won't get you in the box, right. but <laughs> right. it's one of those things that like, it's really close. Um, yeah. I've seen cases where like, that's pretty much the main thing we changed and it actually works. That's funny. Um, so I have a question here from Wayne. He says, um, what could be done if you uh, come across a Google My Business listing that wasn't actually a legal business? Who could someone mm-hmm. report to for that? Or how could you report that, I guess? So if they're not a, like, I guess if you're saying they're not like a licensed business or they don't have a business license, this is where it gets kind of muddy because Google guidelines are basically around the location. So if a business doesn't actually exist at a location, then you can definitely get it removed. When it comes to business licenses, they technically don't require that you have a business license because there are lots of professions. Like I asked Google this once, my friend cuts hair out of her home. She has a business um, and technically she would have a registered or incorporated business. She wouldn't have a license. She wouldn't have anything. She cuts hair. Um, they'd be fine with that. They, they don't mind at all. It just has to be an actual business that is at where they are at. Um, so it would not be valid if it was a business that's like an online only business, for example, they're not allowed listings at all. So if it's one oh, of those ones where everything's done like over the internet, um, and they don't do face to face contact with customers, you are not allowed to have a listing on Google at all. Interesting. Okay. That's good to know. So maybe there are, there, there are some computer business owners who do only remote support work. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't yeah, visit so their clients face to face. If it's like what we're doing right now, yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be allowed. You have to. It literally that's one of the the first things it says in the Google My Business guidelines to be eligible eligible for a listing. You have to do face to face contact with your customers. Okay, that's that's good to know. Great, uh, thanks for that question, Wayne. Um, so, uh, it, it, if you're you know as a business owner, you want to go in and and fill out as much information as you can in your Google My Business listing. Uh, what are, you know, what are some, like if you're strapped for time or you, you just want to get what you need, what are the the key pieces of information that you should be putting in that listing? Yeah. Um, so the the primary category, which would be the first category that you enter into a business dashboard, there's like a 10, but the first one that you put in is called your primary category. And that's the one that actually displays everywhere. The rest you can't see unless you're searching through the source code. Um, that is a huge impact on ranking. So pick that wisely. Um, okay. You know, look at what your core keyword is. Look through the listings that already rank in the top five, ten, and see what category they are using. That'll really good indication of which one you should use. Um, people miss that all the time because there's so many categories that sound similar. Um, give you an example that was like not computer related, but I have an attorney that I work with that's a criminal attorney, and someone, some user, decided to change his primary category from criminal attorney to 
law firm and his rankings like tanked for all the criminal keywords um, because it's so important for you to have that category. Of course, I'm sure this user was probably just trying to screw him over, but <laughs> um, that's, it's like one of those things time and time again that's very important that people often don't realize this is that important. Interesting. Um, now, can that, can, that, can that affect your, your regular website ranking as well? No. The stuff okay. that impacts maps does not impact organic. Gotcha. It doesn't work that way, but it works the other way. Like your organic ranking, usually the factors like links, things like that, those help your ranking in maps too. Okay. It's good to know. Work either way. Um, reviews are super important. So monitoring them, um, making sure that you are regularly asking clients, uh, there's all kinds of tools out there that'll help you do this and keep it organized. Um, the one that I use for all my clients is Look at Five Stars. They're awesome. Um, they have like text alerts. You can text people and ask them for review, which I can tell you right now is a lot more effective for millennials who <laughs> um, <laughs> don't even have email half the time. Um, or if they do, they don't check it. Right. Um, so just something regularly where you're asking people for reviews. Um, whatever you do, never offer incentives. I've actually seen a few, like uh, we have several people on the forum that uh, have reported businesses for offering like discount on like their next repair or like, hey, you know, we'll give you $10 off your iPhone screen crack if you leave us a uh, you know, five-star review. It's not only illegal, because it is actually illegal, so you can get fined by the FTC for doing stuff like that, but it's 100% against Google's guidelines, Yelp's guidelines. Um, if they catch you incentivizing for reviews, they actually remove all of your reviews that they can distinguish where within the time period that you were offering incentives. So, so do not do that. <laughs> so, um, so, and, and so you want lots of reviews and it, it, and good, good reviews. If you have, you know, negative reviews, is that going to negatively affect your, your ranking as well? It won't affect your ranking negatively, but it will probably hurt your like conversion rate, right? So right. it's depending on the, the volume. So just to clarify, like if you have, you know, 100 reviews and like five of them are negative, that is not a problem at all. Where it's a problem is if you have five reviews and one of them is negative, then it's like the ratio, yeah. right. um, which is why it's important to have volume. Um, but I think the average rating that you actually want to try and get is 4.2 to 4.5. That's actually ideal for, um, maybe it's 4.3 to 4. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's not five stars. Five stars, actually, people will be kind of skeptical um, because, mm. like, there is no such thing as a perfect business. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's something to keep in mind that, like, you, sh you shouldn't panic if you get a negative review. But definitely try and resolve it if you know who it was. Um, try and reach out to them, try and fix the problem. A lot of times people will actually revise the reviews if you actually address their concerns. So, I mean, it's, it's a really good business kind of thing to do um, more so than, you know, just worrying about ranking. Cool. Um, and there, there are also um, things like Google posts and, uh, you know, they're coming out with new stuff all the time for um, the, the local listings. Is any of that worth looking into? Like if you have a blog on your website, should you be, you know, writing Google posts on your business profile? Definitely use Google posts. They're a really good way to, to lift click through rate. Um, we actually did a study um, that I posted on search engine land because I have a column there and it does actually impact ranking a little bit, not a ton. So like, don't think you're going to, you know, bump up like 10 spots when you start posting. Um, but it does have a minor impact and um, it's a really good place to put like coupons and offers. 
Mm. So use posts for like promotional items, um, anything that's like specific to the time of year, you know, like Christmas things or like, you know, anything that's seasonal. Um, and I, I know we've used it as well for reviews. Like we actually highlight people's accomplishments and, and like awards and stuff there. Um, and that's worked really well. Uh, whatever you do, don't use it for like research pieces. So like, you know, how to fix your computer or like whatever, like those types of posts don't generally do much. Okay. So kind of quick, you know, quick, easy. Um, this is more about our business and this is, you know, what, mm-hmm. what we're about and our awards and, and our specials and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. So um, let's get into like uh, maybe uh Cons, so pros and cons. So the cons side, like what are some things that you don't want to do with your listing or what are some mistakes you see that are common that people make that they were like well-intentioned, but it turned out to to negatively affect their rankings? Yeah, I mean, especially for people that are hiring SEO companies, knowing what they're doing is really key. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, I feel like in the SEO community, it's kind of like used car salesmen. There are more bad (laughs) people out there than good. So it's kind of like a slimy industry, um, and there's there's I mean there's just so many companies, and if it's if it's too cheap or you know really um, low cost, there's usually a reason for that. Cause it usually means they're like doing nothing or close to nothing. Careful. <laughs> um, I've talked to a lot of businesses that have like really fake reviews and things that got taken down, and they didn't even know that the company they hired was posting reviews for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, knowing like what they're doing is, is very key. <laughs> um, whatever you do with, uh, if you get a negative review, I guess this would be another thing not to do. Uh, don't respond to it right away. <laughs> um, calm down and like make sure you think of the response first. Probably the number one thing I see people do wrong is they get defensive in their, you know, like, oh, this isn't a customer or you never did business here or that definitely didn't happen. And like you, you cannot argue with a person that left you a negative review. Like right. it does nothing good for you. Nothing. Like it will literally, the person doesn't get an alert that you responded. So you don't get the satisfaction of like, you know, pissing them off yeah. and your, your future prospects will see it and just kind of go eh. like, it just gives you this kind of like not good feeling. Like I don't want to work with this business if this is how they're going to be. They won't even take responsibility for, you know, their actions and stuff. So. Yeah, I you know when I'm when I'm looking at reviews and I'm looking at a company that responds to a negative review, I like to see um, that they that they're trying to make it right. Like they're saying, you know, hey, um, we understand your frustration. You know, let us you know make it up to you. Come in and we'll give mm-hmm. you half off of your next service, or you know, we'll we'll try to do it again for you, and we won't charge you. Some kind of way that they're trying to make it better because that makes me feel like. If something does go south, they'll be willing to work with me and work through it and not just argue with me, <laughs> which doesn't make yeah. me feel good. No, definitely. And like, so this is the thing that comes up a lot is people freak out because they get reviews from people they know weren't clients for whatever reason. Yep. So that's one of the biggest things we hear a lot of there. You know, we get so many complaints on the Google My Business Forum from businesses that are like, oh, this, you know, Doug Pearson left me a review and I don't have any clients by that name and he's not a customer and I want Google to delete it. A um, couple problems with that, unfortunately, is that people use anonymous names. So his name may not be Doug Pearson. So Google will not remove it for that reason. The other thing is even if it wasn't a customer, like there's no way to prove that to Google. Right. Um, so your best thing is really to, to pretend like they are a customer, even if they're not. 
And I mean, if you know for, they're not a customer 100%, I would just reply and offer them a refund because, you know, 100% of zero is zero. So <laughs> nice. Like you don't that. have anything to lose. <laughs> yeah. And then Dave um, asked a similar question. Uh, what happens for reviews that is obviously not about your business? Like, those usually can get removed. Like, so I get, like, I had one earlier today that someone posted on the forum that was like, um, for furniture business and the review talked about vegan products and he's like, um, I don't sell food. <laughs> so I mean, stuff like that definitely would be, um, removable if, uh, like the process, you're supposed to flag it inside the dashboard and then wait three days. And then if it's not removed, you can reach out to Google my business support and give them like an explanation for why it should be removed. Um, so don't reach out to Google My Business Support unless you've waited three days because someone's supposed to look at it in that three-day period. And sometimes mm -hmm. you do need context um, for them to figure out what's going on, which you can't really do with a flag. Um, so a lot of times we do end up you know, contacting Google My Business Support, but mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the process that you should take. And where, where do you find that? Uh, how do you find that support? So there's, there's four different methods. So live chat, they have a chat option, which sometimes comes up as an option inside Google My Business, which is by far the best. Um, but there is also Facebook. So Google My Business, there's a page, like I think it's facebook.com slash Google My Business. Oh. And they're really good. Um, the reason why the support for, for Facebook and for Twitter is kind of better than phone support is the <laughs> employees are here in the U.S., um, whereas their phone support is outsourced over to India mm -hmm. and just the language barriers and stuff. Like I found, I used to use phone two years ago. I've used it for two years and like, I used to have to repeat myself and like, it was just, I've heard they, they have a really bad reputation, their phone support. Um, but Facebook and Twitter are great. The only kind of caveat to that is that you do have to wait usually like five days to get a response. Like they're really slow mm, um, right. due to the volume. Because idiots like myself went out and told everyone to start using Twitter, and then <laughs> they got backed up. Right. So it used to be really fast, like six months ago, that I would get like replies within like an hour or two, and now it's like five, six days on Twitter. Um, yeah. Twitter is at Google uh, My Biz, like B I Z. Cool. Um, Dave's got is coming with some good questions. Another question he asked is. Um, does it matter, um, like, for a comment that you want to get removed or get flagged, does it matter if, if you flag it more often or if you tell your friends to come and flag it? In my experience, no. But in other people's experience, I've heard that it does. Yeah. Um, honestly, you'd be better off just contacting Google My Business because normally multiple flags just makes it um, maybe get there faster or have someone review it faster. But if they, don't, if they need context, you need to provide that to them. Like, you need to be able to explain, like, why it's definitely not um a review that should be on there right. so i find like reaching out to google my business support and just giving them the reason like this is the review this is why it should be removed and then you get an answer too so you're not just like sitting around waiting they'll actually reply to you and be like yes we removed it or no we did not remove it do you have an idea what's going on okay and there are they do they you know are they good at providing a, a reason why they're not able mm -hmm. to remove it Sometimes they do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sometimes they're like, it just gives Depends you this generic. Mood. Yeah. Sometimes they're like, sorry, we don't have enough evidence that, uh, or, um, you know, they're, they're kind of templated responses. We didn't find it violated our guidelines. Um, right. It is really important to kind of read the guidelines too. Like they have guidelines for reviews and what you can and can't do. 
Um, unfortunately, being mean in a review is not um, against Google's guidelines. So like people get upset, right. they'll be like, I slammed her and you know, you can't do that. And there actually isn't a guideline against like um, calling someone a name. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. And and I guess the best you can do again is to have like a, a pleasant response and, and mm-hmm. you know, do, do the best you can in your response to that. Yes. Always be cheery. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, oh, I know I've had it. Like I had fake reviews actually like a few weeks ago and luckily I was able to get them removed, but I was like looking at them. I was annoyed. Like, you know, the fact that someone could just go on there and post negative reviews and it's not even anyone I've ever talked to. So yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> it's the internet for you. Yep. Yeah. All right. Terrible. Great. <laughs> Lots of great tips. Um, we're going to wrap up the interview, but stick around because um, I do want to get your thoughts on a couple of the posts from the, uh, the computer business marketing group. Uh, before we do that, though, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to our second sponsor, and that is TechSite Builder. You guys know TechSite Builder. It's the place to go to get more clients for your computer business. That's right. With a, with a TechSite Builder website, uh, it'll allow you to not worry about what you need to put on your website and how you need to make your website more effective. Uh, and, um, you know, don't worry about the SEO or the, uh, the speed or the security. Um, you just know that when you sign up for TechSite Builder, your website is set up for success from the beginning. And then uh, through what you learn here on the Computer Business Marketing Show and, and in other places, uh, you can you know put the right content on your website. You can uh, craft a, a great message, um, and then uh, and then you can rest assured that it, the the TechSite Builder website is structured in such a way that it's going to set you up for success. And and that's what that's really the goal of TechSite Builder is to give you an effective website. And the end goal is so that you can get more clients. Um, so people, you know, will find you easier on search engines. They'll be more enticed to click on your website. And then through the way the website is put together, uh, we make sure that your contact info is front and center. Um, there's not a lot of clutter. It's very clean. Uh, and then that way, you know, people can just get the info they need and then contact you when they're ready. Uh, and you can, you can close the sale. Now we can't help you close the sale. That's something that that's up to you. Um, uh, but we kind of help you with everything else with your website. So it's, it's a very affordable website builder platform. Starts at just $19 a month. Uh, and then uh, that, give, that lets you build the website how you want. Or if you want, we can build it for you. So you can, uh, we have some services called concierge services that you can purchase where we'll set up your website, we'll write some blog posts for you, we'll write your services pages for you, um, we'll do some of the initial SEO, like getting the, your structure set up, we'll do some basic keyword research for you. And, and all that stuff. So, you know, probably stuff you, you could do if you wanted to, but uh, you just want to get out there and fix more computers, close more sales, get more clients um, so we can take care of that for you. So if, if all that sounds good to you, if you're just not happy with your website, if it's not working well for you, um, check out TechSite Builder. We have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. You can try it out, and if you don't like it, just let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll refund your money. So, uh, it's it's kind of a win-win, no-risk situation. Just uh, go ahead and try it out. Uh, go on over to techsitebuilder.com. All right. So um, I would like, Joy, for you to help me um, answer or comment on a couple of the posts that we have from the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Uh, you guys can find that if you just go to techsitebuilder.com slash group. 
That'll take you straight to the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group. Lots of great questions, lots of great like uh, articles from around the web are, get shared in that group. Um, sometimes folks will go, you know, record videos with with tips and tricks, and they put it in the group, and that's awesome too. So lots of good stuff happening there. Uh, one post I wanted to bring up because I was kind of not quite sure what it was talking about was um, our friend Dave Molnar asked if anyone has tried something called proximity marketing. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant. I thought maybe it could have meant like Google Maps. Um, but uh, it, it turns out that I guess um, someone mentioned that it's it's basically where you can like get set it up so that when one of your customers is near your shop or they walk into your shop, they get a pop-up or, or maybe like a coupon or something. And I, I see it happen to me when I go to a Verizon store because I they, I they just baked it into my Verizon phone. I didn't do anything to make it happen. But anytime I'm near a Verizon phone store, I get a little notification saying, hey, you know, try out the new Samsung phone for 25% off or whatever. Um, so I think that's what that's talking about. Um, but he was asking if anyone has tried it. And, and no, most people just said, we don't know what it is. What is it? Um, uh, but uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, Joy, around what proximity marketing is, or if it's worth trying, or you know, anything like that? Yeah, there's. I think there's a couple different names for it. So I've never heard of it referred to as that. But like, it would be the same thing as like beacons, um, or like there's a few other names. I know a big company that uh, <laughs> leave them nameless uh, had a product like this that they were pushing and like super excited about, and like everyone thought it would be like the next cool thing, and it did not take off. Um, one of the problems with it is that users have complete control over notifications on their phone. So if you install a new app and it starts sending you push notifications that are annoying, people turn them off. Um, so a lot of the apps that you know some of these partners work with are either apps that aren't overly popular, um, or you know again like apps where the user can control the push notifications. So I think the amount of success that I've heard from this has been minimal to none. Um, other thing to keep in mind is if you're like a service like computer repair, it's not something like Starbucks where you can just kind of prompt someone as they're like walking by to like stop in and get coffee. <laughs> right. Um, you, you have know? like a specific I mean, need to go into exactly. a computer repair shop. Yeah. That's so that's right. where you kind of want to do more like like SEO or AdWords or things like that where people are searching specifically for your service. You'll get a lot better ROI. Interesting. So. Um, Dave uh, Greenbaum mentions that uh, he has the Google Beacon at his office, mm -hmm. and it tells it what it's what tells someone how busy a business is. Yeah, so there are definitely like as a business, I would I would absolutely order a Google Beacon. They're they're kind of cool. I'm not really sure exactly what Google has planned for it, um, but I think it's something just so that Google has more data about your business. And I'm sure there's no negative there. Um, but I was I was kind of more referring to like buying ads through things that use like apps to try to push notifications to users. Um, Google is kind of the oddball in that case. They have a lot of data about people. So they, they have in a lot of ways to reach people. Yeah. So they're uh, one more, yeah. one more claw that Google gets into you. Yeah. Somehow. Google beacon as a business, I would definitely sign up. It's free. So, I mean, why not? Cool. And, and do you get a device or is it just, yeah. How do you set that? Yeah, it's like device? I don't. Okay. I haven't seen one like specifically. We have lots of clients we ordered them for, but um, yeah, it's like a little device that you stick in your office. It comes with instructions and tells you like where to put it. Um, cool. And yeah, it's I'm sure going to be used in the future once they have enough data. Right. 
Cool. Well, so there you go. Uh, that one, that one might be worth checking out. Um, but all the other stuff, it sounds like probably not a good fit for computer repair. Yeah. Um, another post we had in the marketing group is a question I asked, and I just wanted to get uh, the the. It was an open ended question, no right answer. But what I asked was, what was the most important asset in your business marketing? Um, just something to get you thinking about, you know what you use in marketing and what 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 is important in your marketing and what you can't do without. Um, so I just wanted to read some of the answers I got. Um, John said existing clients, which is really good. I really like that answer. Um, you know, existing clients should be a huge asset to your marketing because not only will they spread the word about your business for you, but they you can also market exist or additional services to them and they should keep coming back to you for additional things. So it's kind of a twofold. There, you, you, you can market to them a lot easier than you can to a new customer. Plus, they can also market for you by talking about your business. So I thought that was a cool answer. Um, let's see. Uh, Michael said uh, it's his company's image. So you, you know that that's important, right? The image that your company represents is is a good marketing asset, and that should be something that you're working on uh, making. You know have making look good and, and have a good reputation and then make sure that it attracts the type of clients that you're looking for. Um, some people said their team or, uh, you know, the, the marketing company that they use uh, as well. Um, Frank said, having a USP, a unique selling proposition uh, and a team that lives and breathes it every day. So that's good. Uh, we've talked about the importance of that on the show before. Uh, Carson says reputation. Um, that's a good asset. So people are thinking, you know, kind of not like physical assets, but more, um, you know, intangible assets. Dave, Dave says patience. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, you know, especially in computer repair, when you're working with with folks, especially elderly folks, or you know, people who just aren't, aren't technologically technologically inclined, that 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 patience is gonna is gonna win you lots of you know future work for sure. Yeah, and then David said, "My Google reviews." <laughs> so there you go. That's a, a nice way to to tie it back into to this episode. If if I were to ask you that question, Joy, what is your business's uh, biggest, or how did I phrase it, your most important asset in your marketing? Yeah, I'd probably say reviews as well. I mean, um, that seems to be like the one thing um, that kind of carries you. And um, I mean, obviously, like some of those answers were, you know your reputation and like how other people speak of you. Um, right. But definitely this day and age, you know, like with the way that people reference people online and like, especially on Facebook, when people ask for recommendations and stuff, um, you know, like someone uh, who cares about their customers and kind of has a lot to make sure their customers are happy. Those are the types of people that get recommended. Um, and so that's, that's something that, you know, you can't really fake. You, you can't, um, without actually doing a good job of being a good business, you won't naturally get that. Yeah, that, that's, that's very true. And, and I guess my answer would probably be um, what I'm doing right now. So, you know, outreach um, or I, I don't know whether to cut because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the, the podcasts, the videos that I do, the, the Google or the, the Facebook groups, you know, all of that kind of community outreach, um, I think is, is the most important asset for me. Because uh, that helps me, you know, talk with my customers one on one, get get the pulse and the temperature of you know how they're feeling about certain things, um, and then you know through the podcasts and stuff, I can interview 
great guests um, and, you know, learn lots of stuff and teach people lots of stuff. And then they ask questions and, and it's just a, it's, you know, it's a community thing. So I, I really value the community. Um, let's see. I got a couple more before we wrap up. Dave, Dave is just on fire tonight. <laughs> he's got a couple more questions. Um, he's, he's wondering if you can briefly go over the new Q and a function and whether we should be creating our own Q and a in, uh, in the Google business. Yeah, it definitely. If, if there aren't customer um, questions on there already, definitely submit them. Um, you can actually submit questions and reply to them. Um, I'd probably submit them with a different profile than the one you use to reply to them. Um, you reply to them from the one that you use to manage your listing so that it shows up as the business owner replying. Um, mm. But essentially, the you can actually um, manipulate how they show up. So if you have a question and you upvote that question, like there's a little like button on it, um, it actually causes that question to show up in your knowledge panel on Google. So when someone searches your business name, so it's really cool because only one question can show in your knowledge panel. So think, think before you pick one, um, which one you want to show up. And then also same with the answer. If you upvote the answer, the answer will also show up in your knowledge panel. And then I think if you start to get multiple questions with multiple answers, the one with the most upvotes will be the one that shows. So it's kind of shocking, actually, how much upvoting influences the positioning. Mm. <laughs> you think, but I guess it's not really something people are spamming yet. Right. Um, Once it happens, they'll adjust it. Yeah. And, like always. Yeah. Um, but definitely post if if there are not Q and A on your listing. I would post them because I think they're useful and helpful to users. So I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. Um, and then definitely monitor it because this is the number one thing I see is I see questions unanswered all the time on people's listing. And if you're not monitoring it, also Google's prompting your customers to answer them. So mm -hmm. I've seen this go south <laughs> where wow. the only responses to the questions are bad. And there are people that had a bad experience with the business that are responding and that's not what you want. Um, the good news is like you can get, you can flag questions and answers and Google seems to be very fast at removing them. So I've done that on a few occasions um, and like it's, it's gone within like 48 hours. Yeah. It sounds like it's, you know, something that's still new and they're there. Even Google is still kind of testing out the best way to, yeah. to implement it, but something worth, yeah. you know, testing out. It sounds like. Yeah. You need to have the maps app, the Google maps app on your phone and you need okay. to be logged in as the business, like the same account that you used to manage it. Otherwise you won't get notifications. They don't show up anywhere in the Google, my business dashboard currently. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Dave, for all the great questions. Um, definitely uh, some good stuff there. And thank you, Joy, for, for a, an awesome episode. Lots of great uh, little tidbits and tricks. And it just kind of helped me understand um, the relationship that the Google business listing has to different areas of your business and the maps and the, the organic search results and all of that stuff. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you or, or follow you or learn more about your business, what's the best place they can do that? I'm super active on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Joanne Hawkins. Um, my website, I think you already posted there, sterlingsky.ca. Um, and then I, I, I do spend quite a bit of time over at the Google My Business Forum. So if you ever post over there, you may interact with me there if I'm the one that happens to respond. <laughs> awesome. All right, great. Well, thanks for being on. Um, we'll we'll keep in touch. Uh, we we're always looking, um, you know, to bring guests on in the future. To to it sounds like you've got quite a you know wide breadth of knowledge about lots of different things uh, related to Google. So we'll, we'll definitely want to have you back. 
Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and thank you guys for listening and watching the Computer Business Marketing Show. Let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to, if you're listening to this in the podcast, you know, the audio format, then uh, when you're done, head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com and uh, head on over to the show notes where we have all the links we mentioned. Uh, and also you can let us know what you think. If you have any comments or questions about uh, Google My Business or anything else, uh, local SEO related, uh, you can leave comments on the show notes page. Also, don't forget uh, to check out the Facebook group that is Computer Business Marketing. You can just search Computer Business Marketing in Facebook or go to techsitebuilder.com slash group. Uh, also, if you listen to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, uh, we're due for another review from you guys. So let us know what you think about the show uh, in iTunes or Stitcher. Just leave a review. We love to hear your feedback on every comment you leave helps so that we can get found by others on those platforms. Finally, don't forget to check out itocompass.com. That's the ITO, IT Owners Compass event. Uh, and that is going to be the event this year in Chicago, August 24th through 26th. Uh, definitely looking forward to seeing you guys there. And also, uh, thanks to uh, TechSite Builder at TechSiteBuilder.com. Thank you guys for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying here's to your success. Mm-hmm.